and uh, welcome back to the iHealth channel and the iHealth radio Friday night with our sequel with the one and the only Gabriel Garrison and this is the Garrison Hour. Hurricane H here and tonight is another very deep topic and discussion hopefully you will enjoy. So first of all, Gabriel, welcome back. Another Thank you. How's everything? Thank you. Thank you for um, our dialogue. Um, it is um, a feast to the ideas that we are discussing and uh, it allows us to communicate and brainstorm about these concepts which uh, one hopes may be of some assistance to somebody at some point in time uh, who would be paying uh, us the courtesy of um, listening uh, to this program. So tonight I would like us to start by discussing um, what a compromise is. Uh, the reason for that is that compromise um, has both a negative and a positive connotation. Um, and so um, let's, let's look at it in, more in a more detailed uh, form, if you will. So what's your definition of compromise, uh, Hurricane? All right. So I, I, I was waiting for that. <laughs> I mean, I, compromising is when you kind of accept something for, you know, in terms, you know, for a reason or another, just to make things happen or to get by or to just do something. Uh, you know, there's a situation and you just have to kind of like uh, fall in. I mean, you just kind of like, you know, make it happen regardless of of what it is i mean i'm trying to simplify it uh and i didn't look up the definition i'm not cheating <laughs> so so but yeah i mean you know we all know i mean sometimes we have to make compromise you have to give in you have to like you know kind of almost like surrender sometimes to certain things i mean that's one aspect of it i guess uh but yeah i mean you know there's there's obviously deeper than that and that's what we're here today we're going to talk more so so gabriel what is the true definition? <laughs> no, you're right. It is, it is, we're looking a lot uh, in a combination of what is common sense or empirically gained knowledge on concepts such as compromise with the dictionary one. And so let's see um, at which point do they meet and at which point do they diverge, uh, right? So we can understand better uh, the words we're using really and the concepts we're talking about. So compromise, the word compromise in the Romans languages means with the promise of, with the promise of. So if I compromise, it means that um, I am giving something or relenting from receiving something with the promise that you uh, will be doing or relenting um, um, in turn where it seems like there is a balanced um, outcome for both you and I at some point in time. So there are two kinds of outcomes in a, com uh, rather four kinds of outcomes in regards to a compromise. One is the win-win outcome, which we would like, right? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's fulfilling for me, it's fulfilling for you, everybody's happy, we shake hands and everybody goes home happy, right? Um, another one will be the win-lose situation where I win and you lose. Another one will be the, the lose-win situation where I lose and you win. And, and, and the last one would be the lose-lose where both of 
uh, us are losers basically. <laughs> so um, there is an old saying about the latter one, when two people are arguing, uh, the third one is the winner. And I think you may have something to say about this in terms of martial arts, don't you? Where I do. And actually, again, my belief is that there is no true win in, in a fight. I mean, you don't win anything. The best win is when you don't fight. <laughs> yes. You know, and you walk away and that's it. I mean, that, that's a high road and I think that's better. But you're right. I mean, some situations, they there is no win or lose. You, you know, you just try to avoid them in the first place. But sometimes we're faced with situations and we have to deal with them. And to your point, at that point, there's a compromise that might take place. So one of us is going to win, one of us is going to lose, or we both win or we both lose. <laughs> yeah. So, so the the most successful empires in history, all the way from the Babylonian to present days um, empires, right, official or unofficial, uh, they are formed by a minority of oligarchs and or occupying forces trying to conquer uh, and seek compliance and allegiance from the people that they have been uh, occupying and, ex and exploiting, really. Um, so in order for them to do that, the Romans came with the expression divide et impera, divide and conquer. So what does that mean? It means that instead of me fighting all of you, let me just create enough seed of contention and arguments between you people, uh, whomever you are my targets, so that you butter, butcher each other and or fight with each other and or defeat each other. And when you are both weak, I'm coming in. And then sometimes you even come to me and you look at me as a savior and uh, that's when I'm going to get in. The British Empire had this formula listed as um, problem, reaction, solution. So let's say if I wanted you to come and invite me as an occupier under the guise of liberator, uh, uh, I'm going to create a problem that you have where you would be reacting by saying, I'm hopeless, let me call the liberator. And the solution would be for the liberator to come in and then really be an occupier. Uh, it is a technique used, um, which has been used both by empires and by individual aggressors. So last time we spoke about learned helplessness, which was the tool uh, which these um, abusers, individual or governmental, uh, uh, and by governmental I also mean uh, various religions in terms of um, uh, theocratic and, um, um, and even political in nature, ideological, such as communism and uh, Nazism and anything else with the ISM in the end, right? Um, and so basically um, compromise is something we want to be aware of because we want it to be at best win-win. Uh, and so that's why we're delving into this. Any thoughts so far? Well, well, a couple of thoughts. I mean, one is just, you, you mentioned the, the, the concept of the empire, imperialism, right? And I mean, the British Empire is one, a big one, the Roman Empire, you know, before that. Uh, there are 
current empires, I mean, today, in, in, but it's a little different now. It's not more governments, more like, you know, uh, corporate, if you want to call it that way. It's a different type of uh, imperialism, if you want to call it that way. Capitalism, if another way to look at it. <laughs> uh, it nothing wrong with that. It just, you know, there's the different ways to, to the approach. And then I can actually relate to that because uh, my background is from Morocco and, you know, we were a French protectorate, but, but technically there's no protector and <laughs> there's no protection. They were basically colonizing the country and uh, for, for, for a period of time. And, uh, you know, so under the guise of, as you said, of, you know, the, uh, uh, we're got you, we're covering you, we're giving you, you know, the help, uh, you know, they were able to take advantage and, you know, until the uh, independence, and that's, that's pretty much similar to a lot of countries and, you know, many, many, you know, examples over the years. A lot of countries recently, I mean, not recently, but recent history, uh, we know them at a different name and now they're like subdivided into multiple states. History repeats itself again and again. Uh, I mean, even we're talking about, we, you and I were talking about Andalusia before. And, you know, one of, after 800 years or eight centuries, you know, of the Islamic empire in Europe, you know, uh, one of the ways they were divided, you know, and, and conquered exactly <laughs> was because they were built into small little states. And then ultimately, to your point, some of those states turned on others. And then ultimately the uh, the uh, Inquisition happened and the rest is, is history. So uh, it, it is, it is a fascinating, I mean, how these concepts are not new. Uh, and, and they go to your point from individuals to, to, to you know, families, to uh, businesses, to uh, societies and even to governments and, and empires, you know, I mean, it's, there's no limit to, to where this, this word actually drives and uh, who it affects. Um, that's one thought. And the other one is, you know, really, I mean, it's, it's a simple concept when you think about it, but everybody, everybody, I don't think there's anyone that does not compromise something. Uh, yes. In life. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like weird when you think about it, like, wow, that is powerful. But we don't think about it that way. We just think about it like in terms of deals, right? I give, exactly. give and we'll make it happen. So it's funny you should use the word deal, which is part of the business. Um, and the business involves negotiation, right? So negotiation in the Romance languages means neg, negative, the negative of, and uh, ozio is the other part of the word, which means pleasure. So doing business, compromising, leads to the negative of pleasure. That's the word negotiation. And interestingly enough, when one goes into another country, lands and the customs will ask the individual, what, are you here for business or pleasure? <laughs> so you see the pleasure is the win-win situation. The negotiation could go either way, win-lose, lose-win, lose-lose. In ideally also could be a win-win situation. Certainly it involves a certain degree of displeasure because it involves communicating my needs versus your needs. And let's see how we can settle that. So in that vein, one of the compromises that the style of the styles of compromising is this one. If you will do one thing for me, I will do another one for you. This is the first kind of compromise. Quid pro quo, exactly. So the quid pro quo, uh, this for that, literally in Latin, um, is done through two avenues. One is seduction, 
where let's see one goes to work and is seduced by the check that comes right seduction the oh, other oh. yeah go on i said aren't we all <laughs> yes exactly so that's the seduction process of it and the other one is the coercion um you have to do what i want so that um i do not hurt you so the issue then is i'll do something for you so that i don't do something for you or i'll you do something for me so i do or i don't do that for you so there are three ways of um engaging in human relations one is seduction we spoke about it it's quite benevolent and appealing the other one is coercion which is a more subtle form of uh, forcing somebody to do it and yet the individual still has a choice and then the third one is of course the literal forcing of the individual in exchange of quote-unquote not being hurt so um, the compromise of if you will do one thing for me i'll do or not do another thing for you can take any of those three forms one of the reasons so many immigrants come willingly to the United States uh, is because in uh, this capitalist society, the form of seduction is preponderant in terms of convincing individuals, if you will, to uh, provide labor of some sort or another in exchange of the chance of receiving a good remuneration and or status and such. And by the way, you and I know that in America, one can literally raise himself or herself, not just financially, but also in terms of social status within one generation. Whereas in other countries, even if somebody makes a ton of money, if he or she is not part of a specific class of individual castes, uh, um, nobility, what have you, or the right color of skin or the gender and so forth, uh, then no matter how much money they would make, they would still be outcasts. Whereas here, let's say somebody within the first generation may, in theory, regardless of race, gender, and age, become a country club member or what have you. So that's the seductive part. Whereas in the communist countries, and frankly, any socialist system, right, Nazi, fascist, and so forth, right or left, uh, there is no seduction. There is either coercion or strict physical forcing, right? Like, for example, in Romania, the communist government up to 1981, when people were trying to swim across the Danube, would have the border guards literally killing them. Uh, uh, so that, and if they would catch them, they would put them back in prison. So that would be the forcing part, wouldn't it, of keeping somebody in one place. Whereas in the United States, the whole idea is come here, the land of opportunity will help you. So this is the seductive uh, aspect of it. What do you think? I know. There's a lot of concepts that you just, you know, uh, stated here. I mean, one, I mean, talking about the American dream uh, as and, and, and really, I mean, it's true. I mean, people have been living the American dream for generations since really our independence here, right? Uh, generation after generation. And to your point, yes, it's that first generation or generation zero. Uh, is the one that makes a difference and typically generation one could be the next and, and then eventually it gets lost over time but but even you know to your you mentioned the thing about you know uh, being part of a class or uh, you know even if you had money you can make it to some some status 
but there are classes even in the states. For example, I mean, there are you know we we hear often of the uh, expression "old money, new money." You know, <laughs> we hear that all the time. We've seen it in in movies. We read it in books, and but it, it exists. I mean, you know, uh, you if you don't have a certain lineage or or, or name. Uh, or a particular family, you know, tree, you know, you might not be as seen as the same as others, regardless, you know, you as an immigrant or depending on if you're a minority, you probably will be more seen as uh, an individual who, who who got lucky. And, you know, sometimes you might have earned it, you know, rightfully, right, I mean, rightfully and, and you did it and righteously and everything, but you, you might be perceived, but the majority of people would probably appreciate it. But there they will still be a minority of the folks that probably still think that, well, you know what, it's just old, it's new money, you know, uh, you know what well, we got this. But you know, unfortunately, that is not new, and I mean we've seen that in Europe, uh, we've seen that in a lot of countries. Uh, you know, even we've talked about like uh, the Middle East sometimes, right? You know, we we hear about that in the news. I mean Saudi uh, Arabia, for example, right? Uh, they do have a class system, and literally, you're actually a class one citizen and class five citizen. Uh, and that depends on your family, and literally, that's that's what gives you certain privileges. Uh, we talked about you mentioned uh, you know about coercion and dictatorship. Uh, it's like my way or the highway. If you don't do it, you know, we'll, we'll, it's torture and death. That's it. So you have to you know stand in line and get in line. You know what I mean, uh, or else. So so uh, it, it is so funny that I'm actually just watching uh, rewatching a series of Netflix of it's called The Colony. <laughs> and it is about aliens and stuff. I mean, obviously it's fiction, but but these concepts are actually in, in really rooted in that particular series and many more. Uh, so so but you're right, I mean these concepts I mean are, are deep and we we're talking about a word the compromise, but then like we're going now into politics and <laughs> history and, and regimes. But you know, uh, it's 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 very solid stuff and, and it's it's society and, and it's also perception. Um, yeah. some people may not even see it because they're so you know, into their routine life, and therefore they're not really reflecting. We talked about reflection. Yeah. Uh, many of us are just kind of like, you know, in the zombie land, and we just have uh, a recurring, <laughs> you know, activity. We wake up, we do the same thing over and over, and life goes on, and we're happy with some things that are in our lives, and that's good. Um, but but yeah. to your point, every day we make compromise. I yeah. could go and work for, for an agency or for a, a company, uh, against a remuneration or like money or a check or some sort of compensation, you know, you might not even be happy yet. You do it because you have no choice. Uh, you know, sometimes people may want to break a rule, for example. And I mean, right now we're talking about, you know, um, quarantine and uh, we're talking about masks, you know, and, and during the pandemic and people make a lot of compromise just so they can get by. Uh, they may not accept certain rules, but they do it, you know, and regardless. So, so it's pretty deep stuff. I mean, you know, it, it's, you think it's just a, a, a phrase or a word, but it's really a, a concept of a way of life, actually. It is a way of life. Thank you. And so the question is, what are the layers of nuances of this word compromise and how does it affect an individual in his or her own capacity uh, on a daily basis, right? Here is an interesting concept that you may not think it's based on compromise, but it is on a... Um, inner basis of compromise. When we heard the expression noblesse oblige, what does that bring to your mind? Not sure. Noblesse oblige. So noblesse oblige was a French term uh, which meant that uh, if one is of a noble or superior status, he or she has the responsibility 
towards the other ones who are less fortunate to actually do more than his or her share since he or she can do more than others. So this noblesse oblige, um, I'm going to give you an example which I think us men can appreciate more and then we can go into something that the ladies can appreciate more. During World War I, the first pilots who hit the air as pilots, right? Uh, they used to come from the cavalry of the, their respective countries. And in the cavalry, you only had noble people, noble stock. And they were used and they brought essentially the mannerisms and the responsibility, this sense of noblesse oblige in the air. Similarly to how they were acting towards each other in the duels or in the uh, charges and so forth. So what did that mean? Particularly with the uh, pilots during World War One, that I as a noble person shooting at you to kill you and you as a noble person shooting at me to kill me, if either of us realized that the other one was out of bullets, I'm guess sorry. what? So, so, so that's that's where they're they're like they're they honor they're noble they they don't hurt you. Yeah. And because if I'm on uh, a, a noble person, then it means that I have the responsibility. Mind you, the word is responsibility. Besides the rights of strength and so forth, I have the responsibility of of, of being supportive to the ones who were. Um, um, weaker than me. So you go back into the Middle Ages and you had the idea that a, a knight, right? A knight had the responsibility of assist, assisting and putting his lance and sword and everything else to the service of the helpless and of the ones, particularly women and children. Um, and again, if you are fighting one of, of your uh, other uh, sparring partners, including during World War I as a, a pilot, and you realize the other one had uh, been rendered defenseless, you essentially have to salute and leave. Um, that changed after World War I. So, because the people have changed, you know, and, and the recruits are now from all walks of life and families and you know, I guess class is, is so, wow, that's, well, that's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a big difference in, in terms of how the dynamics work. And even today, to use a ladies example, right, we, uh, men and women, in this case, particularly the ladies, lots of the heiresses of multi-billion or multi-million dollar um, uh, heritages, right, they become uh, involved into charitable organizations. So they start donating a lot of money. Um, in some cases now you have individuals who commit to donate either half or, or everything they have uh, after they die to charitable causes. That's an extreme case. And again, this is this very idea that if I am more powerful than you are, and or vice versa, the individual with most strength has the most responsibility, um, including in supporting the other one. Um, you mentioned earlier the expression quid pro quo, right? This for that. 
So there are two aspects of this. <laughs> One is used in the Bible, in the familiar, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, sure. that's quid pro quo. Um, so how good is that? Um, didn't seem to work very well because it then creates, again, a multi-layer history of, of reasons uh, to be vindictive that spans over generations, right? In conflict resolution, there is a statement that, uh, an expression that says intractable conflicts. An intractable conflict is based on such injurious assault from one community to another under the idea of an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You started first, you started second, I need to go back. Now you kill the kids, the women, there is no chivalry there for a fact. And at that point, now we are talking about intractable conflict where nobody knows the cause for it. And at the same time, now it's a self-fueling monster of wars. And that still exists actually. I mean, some cultures to date, you know, they still have that. I mean, if someone gets hurt in a family by another member of another family, you know, they will actually go hurt that person one way or the other, or if it's a, you know, fatal, you know, action, they'll take that. They'll surrender themselves. I mean, there are countries right now, I mean, some parts of Turkey, uh, in some old cultures, you know, and there's still, there's still, you know, some of those uh, practices, uh, sometimes some parts of the Middle East. And I'm pretty sure there's there's other parts around the world where that is, that is existing. Uh, I mean, we came a long way, obviously, uh, because again, we have modern laws and regulations, but then that there's, there's another question now that, that poses itself because is there justice or the law? <laughs> you know, mm. there, there's that conflict there. Cause I mean, do you really find justice in court or you find the law and the law can have loopholes and sometimes it does not really serve justice, um, you know, accordingly. So, and then Therefore, some people may say like, well, you know, what? I'd rather take it in my hands and then you get a vigilante and you get all crazy stuff. So it, it's, it's, it's an interesting, I mean, one, one concept is, is really, really so deep and so entrenched uh, in a lot of areas that it's, it's hard to even comprehend it sometimes. Exactly. So this compromise idea is, is if you hit me, I'm going to hit you. So the eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Um, the opposite of that is if you do good to me, I'll do good to you and I'll pay it forward. And um, that has as much a contaminating effect for the better as the eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth has a contaminating effect for the worse. Uh, so this is another kind of compromise, the quid pro quo kind, right? Where, um, uh, Evil is paid with evil, good is paid with good, and let's see what's going to happen. There is a third one, which is pretty abstract and, and, and paradoxical. And of course, that's the Christian one, turn the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. <laughs> it's, it's a funny way of approaching conflicts because um, if I forgive and love the individual, the question is, do I do it because of the dogma of religion or do I do it, in other words, do I do it out of fear for not disappointing the religious uh, doctrine and, and priests? And in, so if that's the case, I'm going about it the wrong reason because I'm going to end up resenting it, right? I, I, I want to hit somebody, I want to 
hate somebody, but I don't allow myself to do that out of fear. So we have the proverbial flooring of the gas pedal with the handbrake on. It's a conflict between ideas and, and, and that's going to disperse the whole, the whole vehicle of the human being going through that, right? So, or do I do this out of love? And that's a big one, because if I forgive, I don't necessarily have to love the other person. I certainly can let go of hatred simply because it hurts me. So the old adage is, if I drink the cup of anger, hoping that somebody else will die, who is going to die? Well, so just just curious, uh, this, this actually leads to think about the concept of karma, right? And many people will, will there's different ways you can call it, but you know, uh, karma actually, uh, what goes around comes around, right? You know, if I, some people will say, okay, I do do it for the love, I believe, and that if I forgive and move on, uh, life has its own mysterious way where things will come back to whoever that person is or those people. And, you know, I mean, many people will probably tell you they've seen it, they've experienced it, and it's real. Uh, and um, I even can say that it's real. I mean, you know, but then everybody has a different way to think and how it's happening and why it's happening uh, based on their, I guess, religious belief and, uh, you know, how they see the universe and so on and so forth. Energy, there's so many ways you can look at it. But I think that is, that is a, a strategy that may be, but it takes strength to actually do that. For the fact that, you know, someone hurts you, that's bad to you, you still are willing to forgive them uh, without a condition, knowing that the world is just going to take care of, justice will take place eventually. Uh, whether you believe in God or not, I mean, you know, there, some people that believe in God in any religion, they will say that's God's will and that's God's justice. Some people may say, well, it's just nature and, and it has its own way to do it. <laughs> Exactly. What you're talking about actually has is a term in conflict resolution, and it's called the heaven reward uh, mentality. Heaven reward, heaven's reward, rather. So it is there. Um, the whole idea about uh, forgiving out of love is because I choose to detach from the desire of getting justice, especially there where I cannot get it any, uh, uh, anymore, be it because it happened in the past, be it because it's out of my control presently, be it, be it because it's something in the future. And I decide, you know what, it's not in my capacity to get justice. So instead of simmering in that anger and resentment and essentially getting myself killed with anger, let me decide that my heart my peace of mind, my harmony is more important to me than my sense of justice in those circumstances where I cannot get justice anymore. So forgiveness really means let it go, letting go of the desire of wanting justice for the sake of being at peace. Um, and, and this is the deal. Uh, I, I pay attention more to my peace of mind than to a futile attempt of, of getting justice. Uh, it, it's the heart versus the ego, which one is more important to me. That's the big uh, decision one needs to make. Well, there, I mean, people can still, I mean, if you think about it a little deeper, like, so let's say you take justice in your hands and what else, what's next? You know, you probably have remorse. You're probably not sure what you did. You might regret everything that you did. 
you might have thought like I should have to handle it differently and you'll be also filled with doubt and uh, you know that's another angle now it's it's torture <laughs> so so it, it's it, it's there's no real I mean solution to it I mean but but true fact is that the people that can get to that to, to rise to that level where they can actually really be as strong you know and they can let go they can forgive um, I mean that's that's a, ultimately you know a good goal to be at you know a good place I don't yes. think the majority of us are anywhere close to that. And I mean, I, I'm not sure even any of us are, but yes. it is a higher, you know, state. And uh, yeah. it, it's, but maybe that is the place where we want to be. I mean, if there's a compromise, that could be a good one. Now, not in the depends of real justice, not in the depends of, you know, when it's, you see some, you know, like to your point, the ninth example, when other people are being hurt and you can do something about it, uh, you know, you can do something about it, do something about it. But if you have the ability to, to stop and forgive and, and, and end it with why you have the upper hand, that's also, I think, uh, you know, strength. So again, it's, it's a concept, it's an opinion, uh, and everybody can debate it, you know, left and right. And I don't think there is any good answer, good or bad to it. <laughs> right, exactly. So now we go into the more um, partial sense of compromise, right? Before it was, I'll do this for you if you do that for me. Another form of compromise will be, will combine some of what I need with some of what you need. So, yeah, yeah, that is an interesting compromise, isn't it? It is. Well, I mean, it's a win-win. It's supposed to wind up as a win-win, apparently, right? I mean, that's kind of like- Yes. Yes. So um, that's an interesting point here because um, now I relent some of what I really need for the sake of you getting what you really need uh, so that we can both have some of what we really need and uh, that then can be related to a specific time, place, actions, uh, things. Um, and again, that's a, another form of compromise that some is of what you need with some of what I need. Now it allows for a dialogue um, and, and, and a partial compromise, right? Another form of compromise is my way when I do it, your way when you do it. What do you think about this form of compromise? Interesting, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, it's, I guess, it is a concept. I mean, I can see it happening. Uh, you know, it's like, um, if we take into politics, I mean, it's like, well, my party versus yours, if I get in, I'm going to do it my way. If you get in, <laughs> you do it your way. And we see that live right now in, in you know, in our latest, you know, uh, debacle in, in terms of politics in the US. I think, I think, I mean, I'm putting the analogy, but I can see that same similarity right there. But, but I mean, I'm sure it's it's a it's it's a possible, and it doesn't have to be where someone takes over. Uh, it's just you know, you lead, you do it your way. I lead, I do it my way. Yeah. And the fourth kind of compromise is my way this time, your way next time. Okay. So. I'm trying to see the difference. <laughs> so my way this time. In other words we are deciding where to spend the vacation, my brother and I. He wants the mountain, I want the ocean. So he will say, we want to spend the four of us, right? The brothers and the wives each year, um, some period of time together. So this year I'm going to go, we are going to go where my brother wants 
and then next year we are going to go where I want. Now that's in theory because guess what? This the the ladies will decide all the time and will go wherever they want. So I'm just using this as a theoretical concept. I, I, right? I would tend to agree to that, but <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So the idea is we'll alternate, and so um, that's all. These are concepts um, that are related in business. The things change slightly when now we go into the relationship aspect, like I said before, because um, whether it is a spousal or a parental example, um, when it comes to the loved ones, how likely are we, Hurricane, to keep a tab on what is it that we want this time and what is it that the spouses want as opposed to just relenting and giving the choices to them? What do you think? Well, so the correct answer would be we just give in. <laughs> exactly. That would be my correct. You know, it's funny. I think um, I had, had given this example. So I love to cruise. Now, ultimately, this is a bad year. We haven't been on a cruise ship since, since they, they shut down. We were actually on one of the last cruises when they closed last year. And in the cruise ship, there's this, this, this nice little show that they have. Uh, and it's called the Love and Marriage Show. And mm -hmm. so where they bring three couples the 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 most you know the oldest couple or the, the the ones that have been married long or the longest then the newest you know just newlywed ones and then like you know a middle couple with with maybe 20 years of marriage that kind of thing so and they ask the same questions that the spouses right both sides the men go out they come back the, the ladies go out they come back and then they they, they compare the, the results and when you watch that and and i i'm telling you like over 20 plus you know cruises 90% of those, the senior ones that have been married long enough were the ones that won. And when asked what was the secret, she's always right. <laughs> that, was, that was the answer, you know? So, you know, you can't go over that formula. And, and by the way, there's nothing to that. Like people think sometimes like, you know, this undermining my manhood, not, not necessarily. Through relationship would have to have you actually thinking that way. You know, it's okay, there's nothing wrong. I mean, it, Everybody has their own position. There is no such thing as like, you know, one is better than the other. But if you can make it work, that's sometimes how it is. It's, it's almost diplomacy. <laughs> exactly. So it, it goes beyond the business model. Now we talk diplomacy and uh, that's the intermediate aspect between business and family, um, where, where the whole idea in the family is for the man to sacrifice himself. Those who challenge that, let us remind them what the man is good for, right? The man is good to be a cannon fodder. He needs to work. He needs to used to chop wood. Now it is more like put, essentially put his needs below the wife and the children and protect them, including but not limited to his ultimate sacrifice, right? Uh, he goes in the line of fires uh, and that's the purpose, the responsibility, the noblesse oblige factor of a man being a man. It's not just the knights, it is the man in general as the head of the family, pater familia, the father of the family used to be called by the Romans. Um, we as men need to understand that if we love somebody that equals submission of our wants and needs to theirs including but not limited to the ultimate sacrifice. What do you think? 
I would tend to agree. I mean, frankly, I, you know, again, I, I'm actually one of, you know, I mean, I do believe in that concept and, uh, you know, uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's funny, the common statement that everybody probably would relate to is happy wife, happy life. <laughs> you know, I mean, anyone that's listening, they probably laugh about it, you know, but, but the concept, I mean, it's realistic, it works and there's nothing to it. It's not, you know, it might come across as a, a true compromise, but it's not. If you're really working on a relationship, working in any relationship, family, you know, it takes two to tango, as we say, it takes, you know, you know, giving in, you know, sometimes when you have, you don't have to always win. That's the other thing. Uh, you know, actually I use a, uh, a question in interviews. Do you like uh, to win or hate to lose? Mm. And, you know, truly there is no real answer to it. And, you know, the answers can be similar. It's more about how your thought process is. And really, can you think about it, it's the same thing. I love to win. I hate to lose. Everybody will probably say that, you know, because, right. because, but which one do you lean? I mean, if you hate to lose, you know, that's one thing. If you just love to win, that means you can accept losing sometimes. <laughs> exactly. But, but in a relationship, you would, you would have sometimes where you have to surrender and you, you can move. But if you're not willing to do it, then you're going to be living, you know, in a bad situation. Uh, I mean, we've, we've experienced now, I mean, the, the divorce rate is so high because people are not willing to make, uh, you know, a compromise, you know. That's really yeah. what it is. Exactly. So we spoke about the business model of compromises, which is where the individual is trying to get the best out of a deal. And that is broken down if, uh, in terms of if you'll do one thing for me, I'll do another one for you, right? That's one. Two, we'll combine some of what I need with some of what you need. Three is my way when I do it, your way when you do it. The fourth one is my way this time, your way next time. The compromise in a relationship is of a completely different nature. It's not a contract. It's not contract-based, it's love-based. And love is an energy. It's not a law. It's electromagnetic. And as such, it can be given and received and it can never be taken. And so the quote-unquote compromise uh, is the idea that the man will sacrifice himself towards the loved one and the kids, and then they in turn will sacrifice themselves uh, when the man may need attention. So the idea is I have kids now, they will grow, they will come and help me when I'm older, although there is no guarantee. And of course, with the wife, we give her whatever support we can, and you know, they uh, we give them a home, a house, they give they give us a home. Uh, we are intimate with them and then they give us kids. We bring groceries and then they give us food. So there is a different kind of sacrifice on their end uh, with the understanding that when it comes to the physical matter uh, related issues, the men are there to protect, serve, and if need be sacrifice themselves. So um, what do you think about these uh, ideas? It is a two-way street, uh, you know, and, and again, like, while it is not a, a physical contract, I mean, there's, if we're talking contracting, I mean, there's implied contracts. And, you know, it's funny because when you do the vows and, you know, until death do us part, that kind of thing, right? So so that's when you commit to it. That's actually uh, the, the real, you know, decision maker or the real agreement. And that is implied that you're going to take care of each other and everybody's going to put their weight 
in towards you know making the relationship work and to your point so whatever those tasks that each one will have to to sell in you know to do to have to commit to they'll have to deliver until the end unfortunately i mean you know today you you we see that there's a little bit more of that the opposite of that people are not willing to actually do that to go that extra mile to actually compromise in a relationship and you know and you'll see it like people live in for example uh before marriage together and then you know once well they don't live in you know they they date whatever and then once they move in together they realize this is not working out <laughs> yeah because now it's like we really commit you know this is not just about like i meet you ciao ciao bye bye we had a great night no it doesn't work that way so it's a little different right so but but in a true relationship in, in in an actual you know family you know context you know you have to make it work and it's it's gonna take the two to make it work otherwise it's it's not a just a one back you know formula uh and and it is again and by the way reverse i mean some people will say well women have you know the ability to actually also work and do the stuff of course and now today's society it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, when people have to put together it's equal, you know, time and effort to get things done, it's rough out there. You know what I mean? And uh, that is actually a true success formula. And yes. but I think that's being lost slowly but surely. And people are even afraid of that commitment now. That's why a lot of people either divorce or they're not, you know, even getting into a marriage, for example. And yeah. it doesn't have to be marriage. Even let's say outside of marriage, it's the same thing. I mean. Yeah, some people say well, it's just a paper. Well, it doesn't matter. But if you're in a relationship, you got to make it work or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And a lot of it, you're right, gravitates around two factors, starting with the self. One, do I respect myself or not? If I respect myself, I'm going to ensure that I am protecting myself from any abuse. I'm also going to ensure that I do not abuse anybody else because both sides of the coin are part of the respect or self-respect. Um, and that's phenomenally important. Unfortunately, you are right. The sense of entitlement of the ego, which is, if you will, quote unquote, the respect towards self uh, with disregard to the others, uh, butts heads with, with the other side, which is lack of respect for self and wanting to to project onto others more than it's actually safe for the individual. So, and very often these two kinds of mentalities in two kinds of people meet and now you have an abusive relationship that can go on for years. So unless somebody learns to listen and listens to learn uh, and then learns to observe and then observes to learn about what is it that this idea of compromise, healthy compromise of respect, uh, like you said, love, and what's the difference between contractual obligations at work versus uh, a, a sacrifice based out of love, not out of fear, uh, a, a relationship within the family dynamics. If those things are mixed together too much, then there's a lot of confusion and there is um, therefore, um, either people f take a flight or fight it or they get paralyzed. And that's the end of the harmonious relationship. What do you think? Well, I, I agree. And, and you know, it's, it's funny because uh, the, the, the idea when I mentioned the example of the seniors or like the older couples, you know, one of the, the, the other questions is that when you ask them, like, when, how do you do it? I don't argue. 
<laughs> the answer is I don't argue. And that's, that's, I think that's the problem. Like people, because of the ego, the self and selfishness and all that, you know, I got to be right. You know, or if we don't see eye to eye, you know, then, then we have to really go crazy. Uh, you know, that's the other thing. If you can, you can just, you know, okay, you know, we agree to disagree and the story, you know, and then we move on. But that's, that's really the level where you can understand, you know, the dynamics and make it work. You're not always going to have a peachy day or peachy life. I mean, there's no happy couple out there that can say that it's always been 100%. And if they did, they'd probably be lying because they probably have ups and downs. But it's how they manage them, I guess. Uh, again, talking about compromise, you know, and it's the two sides, not just one side. You can't always be the one getting the beating. And, and vice versa. And I'm, I don't mean physically. I'm talking about the beat in terms of the taking the brunt of the, the compromise. Psychological uh, and emotional. Yeah. Exactly. So, so you don't have to. And then ultimately people, if they just keep clashing, again, clash of the titans, it's not going to, you know, and, and end up well. And that's exactly what happens either in a, an abusive relationship, you know, uh, domestic violence or, you know, again, kids being, you know, uh, uh, subjected to those elements. Uh, and then ultimately unhealthy environment and so on and so forth. And that's really not a good thing for anyone. And uh, so this, this scenario, the compromise is almost necessary, but you have to know how to play it, which formula you apply properly. And again, the concept where you said, I do it my way, when I do it, you do it your way, when you do it. Uh, it's just like being in the kitchen. I am out of the kitchen because <laughs> when I do it, I'm going to the kitchen, it's my way. <laughs> so, so I spend like, you know, 1% in the kitchen because if I go in there, I mess it up. <laughs> there will be trouble. Yes. Uh, exactly. But, but that's really the concept, right? It's really how you play with it. And some people may disagree. Uh, and it's not about being macho or not macho. I mean, even like, like you know, it's, there, there's, there's this thing now, you know, you, 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 back in, in, uh, in, in the, in the gallantry, the gal somebody that's gallant, you know, like somebody that's chivalrous, you know, they, they will kiss the hand, you know, my lady or stuff like open the door, you know, walk on the right, on the left side, you know, by the curb versus the lady on the curbs. These are like some practices that almost like, you know, historic now, nobody's doing these things, but there's nothing shame about it. I mean, there's no shameful, you know, action there. It's actually good, you know, but people now will be like, well, I'm not, you know, uh, you know, what is that, inferiority, superiority? No, it's not. It's actually being kind and nice, and that's actually, you know, giving a higher level worth of that significant other. So, again, you know, concepts are concepts. Some people may like, wow, this is uh, just a, a bunch of baloney right now <laughs> that they're hearing. But at the end of the day, you know, the, 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 as we say, the, the, the truth uh, um, tru is in the pudding. Um, the proof is yeah. in the pudding, right? The proof is in the pudding. Yes. So the proof is in the pudding. I mean, you, you see relationships that last, you know, ages, people that die, you know, you know, side by side at an older age and, you know, they made it. We think they made it through war. They made it through disasters. They made it through everything, but they made it work, you know, but some people are not willing to take that extra piece and, you know, give in and give out, you know, that's the other thing you want to give in, you want to give out. You want to be able to, to be flexible, you know, malleable. If you're rigid, you break. Yeah, and just to add to what you were just saying, if somebody's happy from the point of dismissive uh, mentality towards any of these ideas about healthy compromises, then good for them. The question comes, if they are like this and they are unhappy, then may, perhaps this discussion we just had and these concepts may be of assistance to them, perhaps, if they are open to them. Uh, listen, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we're sharing opinions and concepts uh, it's not necessarily for everybody, but it's for the grabs and for whoever wants to grab elements from it. And maybe this is the type of conversation that someone needs to hear. 
I mean, when you go to therapy, I mean, they listen to you and they give you a concept. You pick, you know, but they don't force you. I, I, you can't force people to take a pill. You just prescribe it. <laughs> yes. So, yes. So that's really the same concept. And again, we're not sharing anything that people don't know about. It's really sometimes visualizing or hearing it sometimes, reminding people of what works and what doesn't and what the outcomes are regardless. I mean, this could be just like well, it's a hoax, you know, this stuff doesn't work. Well, if you believe it's not going to work, it's not going to work. <laughs> that's exactly. the other thing. It's like everything else. Like, does, if we mix this, like, I'm going to give a very extreme example. I mean, uh, a long time ago, I, um, I was stupid and I, I, I was clean. I was single, so I was cleaning the, the, my, 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 my house. And uh, so I mixed bleach and ammonia, and, and I was actually in the bathroom. I actually almost, you know, literally suffocated because the, the gas that was actually released was actually a dangerous gas. So eventually I, I went to the doctor and find out that I've made the stupid mistake of combining those two chemicals, you know. So, so the idea here is that you don't, you know, mix things that are not going to work. You got to know, and, and I had to learn it the hard way, but if someone can hear about it, you know, understand that you do not do that and the outcome will be better. And hey, good luck. Make make the, the difference, you know, understand it. I mean, it's I give that extreme, but that is something that I experienced personally. But, right. you know, I don't have now to, when I tell my kids, be careful, never use these things. If you ever use these things, that's exactly what happened. It happened to me. I'm just sharing yeah. with people my experience. Uh, but so yeah, now and, you, you, you used uh, you turn a loss into a lesson and in turning it into a lesson, it's actually a gain. So good for you. Well, yeah, and I use that concept in everything. I mean, listen, we all make mistakes. Humans, uh, was a human errare or something like that in, in Latin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huma, errore humanum est. Yes. Yeah. To err is human, to persevere is diabolical. That's the actual expression and for good reasons, right? And, and there's no human that can say that they're perfect. So at the end of the day, we all make mistakes and learn. Or we can learn from other people's mistakes and avoid the mistake in the first place. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's it. Like, again, you know, do we know that, like, let's say now, years after, you know, cigarettes have been almost clear that they had a very dangerous outcome, do we want to test it to see if it's going to be bad or not? I mean, it's like radioactivity. I, let me see if I put my hands in a radioactive, you know, thing and see if I'm going to survive it. You know it doesn't work that way, so it's like you know. But some people will still challenge it. But again, if you challenge it, the only loss will be yours. So uh, learn from other people's lessons, and and that's easier than actually preparing yourself, to, you know, to get into the lesson yourself. But exactly, and let us remind all of us, including myself, that time is the most expensive commodity. The more time I spend stagnating in my um, arrogance. Uh, the more time I'm wasting from my life in terms of being in harmony. So it's a choice. It's definitely a choice. Well, you mentioned arrogance, and we, we, you and I had that, that conversation before. Arrogance is probably, what is it, the first uh, crime? or the first? Yeah, envious, being envious and arrogant, first sin, first of the capital sins, the devil. Exactly. And, and it goes that, all the way back. And that is destructive. When you're too arrogant, you know, doesn't, things don't work out your way. Uh, you know, and it's not always about you. It's about, you know, uh, I use, again, the same concept in business. I mean, it's not about I, it's about the team. No one succeeds without others. Uh, you know, everything, this show cannot happen if you and I are not on it and we are both, you know, there's a chemistry and there's a discussion, right? And so it won't succeed if other people don't buy into it, right? So it's all about everybody else. It's not just one person or the other. It's the group. It's the, you know, society is not about one person. It's everybody. Exactly. It's an yeah, an exchange of ideas, 
and with the idea that we both have rights and responsibilities. So the question is, how respectful are we of either our rights and our, our responsibilities to preserve that balance consistently every day? That's the question. Well, Gabriel, we're coming up to the end of the show. And again, I mean, I want to go on and on and on. We can spend another hour on this. But again, we're trying to keep it within the, the time frame we had. Um, always a pleasure, always deep stuff. You know, I mean, we took one word and, you know, we turned into so many things right now. And who had known that we can literally just go into all these different angles with the same concept here. Uh, and uh, it's deep stuff. So I hope that someone's listening and watching today or later uh, and picking up some of the good vibes here. And, uh, and they might disagree and that's okay. Everybody has their own views and opinions and we appreciate that. Uh, so but at the end of the day, you know, uh, I want to just thank you, Gabriel, for, for another excellent show and another, you know, real good stuff. Uh, and for, for those of, our, you know, of you who are watching or listening on the radio, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening and for literally following our, you know, shows and our, you know, programming here. Uh, Hurricane H here. We'll see you tomorrow for a different show. Very interesting guest. Something different that's under the Fit and the Fab, uh, you know, piece. So we'll stay tuned for tomorrow. Gabriel, thank you tonight, and we will catch on next week for the next KRSM Hour. All right? Thank you. Much appreciated. All right. Bye-bye, everyone.